you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Viper, Graham Barfield. Uh, Fab's still under the weather, so, uh, you know, apparently not only is he sick, but now his kid is sick, too. So it's, it's like that's a terrible combo. It's that's a just awful, lethal, lethal combo. Awful combo. So uh, hopefully he is uh, getting better and hopefully he'll be back with us uh, real, real soon. Um... We got some stuff to talk about. We're going to have uh, one of our favorite people in the fantasy industry, Jake Seeley, who you can read at The Athletic. He'll come on and talk to us about a wide variety of topics. We may also get into some weird Pro Bowl stuff, too, because, look, man, it's January, man. There's also, not why much. not? Why not? Yeah. Why not? So we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on maybe who should be the number one overall pick next year, some quarterback stuff, all of that. Jake is always fun to talk to, so look forward to that but before we do any of that we'll go behind the glass and talk to our faithful producer senior edward l murphy esquire murph what's up 
I'm just very happy about my coaching staff having Brett Bielema and potentially Freddie Kitchens, like not even guys you trust at the coordinator positions, but just guys you probably want to go hang out with and just eat and drink with them because you know <laughs> they're going to have a good time. So uh, I'm I'm most thrilled about that. Who was it? Was it? It might have even been you. Uh, I saw someone on Twitter say that basically if you either coach for the Patriots or in the SEC, SEC yeah, I tweeted that. Yeah, Joe yeah, Judge. Every coach wants to talk to you. Everyone on their staff has like ties somehow to the uh, the SEC or has coached in like a, a new. England it's 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 remarkable but um you know I'm a fan of the staff I've never been this involved in like the the coordinator slash position coach uh game before and I feel like this offseason there's a lot of big name ex-head coaches that are taking these like smaller roles like Kitchens man being like a tight end coach like it's 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 crazy to think to be the head coach of the Cleveland Browns that has such high hopes to go back to a position job but I mean that's you know that's the business of the NFL it's it's brutal but um you know they, they could hopefully for the benefit of my team it, it it works out this sort of feels like when actors become you know they star in movies or yeah. whatever, and then like that movie career kind of dries up. So then they end up like on a show on like Netflix for a little bit, trying to rebuild that resume. It's like the McConaughey, like the McConaughey, the McConaughey. Yeah, he, yeah, he was, he was a name like that. A bunch of movies that were like kind of rom commy, and then he's trying to find a, a show that works. Hopped on True Detective, mm-hmm. like you know, streaming services were a big deal, and people love subscription like HBO stuff. But um, that was like kind of at the beginning of when people like got rid of the the cable shows and became right. full-fledged into uh, the stuff you have to pay for, and, and it worked out. So hopefully, uh, yeah, Kitchens, Bielema, all these guys, Garrett, all uh, have a reconnaissance. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess the, the Giants' plan really is just to kind of have, like, some sort of brain trust around Joe Judge, and they just kind of, like workshop them. I'll I'll uh I had a, a good conversation with Sean O'Hara off air who obviously talked Giants here and there whenever I see him and and he said some really good things and uh basically that the fact that the other coaches had a call plays and then try to be CEO of the of the football team yeah. wasn't a great mix but the fact that judge is like no, no no you take care of this play calling you take care of this you take care of that and he's having people do specific jobs and he could just control the organization uh I think he said is you know it's, it's going to pay dividends because you can, can focus on one thing and I think more teams will start to adopt yeah. that kind of mentality it's definitely a different structure for today's NFL because a lot of coaching hires that we see these head coaching hires the, these guys are also calling plays and like mm-hmm. last year with Freddie Kitchens it was clearly a disaster that he needed to delegate some of those duties totally and uh and some of the game playing duties and, and uh, play calling duties I, I'm very interested to see what the Giants look like next year yeah and I think in football in general like I know um Herm Edwards at ASU kind of got the title as like football CEO and people right. were joking about that but in a lot of ways, I think that kind of makes sense. And I think, I, like I said, we will see teams start to implement that going forward where you could have these roles being delegated to certain coaches, but the the head coach is just the overseer. And I think that makes the most sense. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think we've, we, we've trended so far in, like, you know, guys playing, calling plays and taking control of the offense or the defense. Um, you know, I think we sort of lost the fact that, uh, or teams lost the fact that you know you you do have to control a whole team. Yeah, right? you can't just be the coach of the offense. <laughs> like as a head coach, you you have to oversee everything. So uh, very curious to see how this works out. But uh, watching Joe Judge put together his staff has been certainly very interesting. All right, hey, let's do some news. <laughs> Let's do the news. 
Well, we talked about it uh, on Monday because it was rumored, and now it is official. Jay Gruden has been named the offensive coordinator of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He, of course, started last season as the head coach in Washington, was let go midway through the season. Now he heads down south, and he, Graham, inherits an offense that has a young, promising quarterback. Uh, they've got a, a good running back in Leonard Fournette. They've got some young, talented wide receivers. Look, say what you will about Jay Gruden as a head coach, at least as an offensive mind, he's a very creative guy, and now he's in a situation where he can sort of tinker and maybe do something fun. Oh, yeah, we talked about this on Monday, and I was I was hoping that the Jags would make this move because, you know, they've been just desperate for a really good offensive coordinator there for years, and I think Jay is pretty clearly their best hire they've made in uh, in recent memory. I, I like Jay Gruden quite a bit as, a, as an offensive mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think he got way too much of the blame in Washington for a lot of different reasons. Um, but we'll leave that as it may. I mean, the Jags are pretty loaded. I mean, I, Gardner Minshew is an exciting young quarterback who had some some, some success and could uh, kind of have even more success, a la Kirk Cousins. Jay Gruden schemed Kirk Cousins into success when he was with Washington. Uh, I could see a similar situation arising there. And, you know, Gruden doesn't have the pressure of, you know, being a head coach and having to delegate all these tasks like we just talked about. He can simply focus on offense. And to me, that's that's a promising idea. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so, look, I, we saw some good things last year out of Jacksonville. I mean, the point that at one point in the season, Gardner Minshew was a hot waiver wire pick. DJ Chark, who was a either a late round draft pick or a waiver wire pick, uh, was very productive for a good part of the season. Leonard Fournette had arguably his best year as a professional and was much bigger part of the passing game than I think any of us anticipated. So now they've got a guy who can really sort of, I think, dig into this offense. Um, and it's going to be interesting. I, I, I would imagine we're going to see some Jaguars kind of shoot up draft boards no uh, doubt. in the summer. Um, the Lions general manager says that they are, quote, comfortable with Matthew Stafford coming back next season. I mean, he dealt with an injury that essentially kept him out for the last half of the year. He finally went on IR kind of late in the season. We heard reports of what a spinal injury even with uh, with Matt Stafford. But before that, he had been playing really, really well. Um, he was a top 10 fantasy quarterback, was averaging about 20 fantasy points per game. The team itself was struggling in other areas, but it's hard to put any of that on the way Stafford was playing. Uh, the Lions right now do have the number three pick. I don't expect that they're going to target a quarterback in the top three picks. Um, I would think that Matt Stafford is sort of the guy, at least for the next few years there in Detroit right now. I He has to be. I mean, he played just exceptional uh, football before he went down with that injury, averaging a career high in yards per game, um, right around a career high in yards per game, 312, had six games with multiple passing touchdowns in eight outings. Uh, and obviously, I mean, the Lions receiver corps is just, it's just so nice. Their mm-hmm. entire receiver corps is so good between Galladay and Jones and Hawkinson coming into his second year. Uh, Detroit has to, they have to trade down, right? If somebody's, if somebody's coming up to pay a King's ransom for Tua, uh, and, and Washington is, is going to take the best non-Joe Burrow prospect at number right. two overall, the, the Lions are in such a great spot in terms of their leverage, uh, to get a pretty big haul for that pick. Yeah. I'm very curious because I know in his preliminary, uh, draft mocks, uh, I think Daniel Jeremiah has the Dolphins getting Tua. Now, I don't know if that means you know he expects the Dolphins will sit and hope that Tua falls to them at five, or yeah. if they make a move and try to get up to it. Yeah, I read DJ's mock yesterday. He had four quarterbacks in the top fifteen, wow. I think, between Herbert and um, Tua and Joe Burrow yeah, and, and, uh, and Herbert. Uh, but yeah, I, it, 
it's a quarterback hungry league, and and I think that the Lions uh, and the Giants too. We'll see if Gettleman trades back for the first time ever. But both the Lions and the Giants are in a great position to to leverage their uh, their picks and, and trade back possibly. Um, the Bengals. Some of their folks in the front office are saying that Andy Dalton is quote certainly not done. Um, maybe hear that Bears fans. Maybe, uh, but. We got to believe he's he's done in Cincinnati, though, right? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I, I, one of the best tweets during the national championship game I saw was uh, the it was the gif of uh, Toy Story where he's uh, erasing Andy's name off, his, <laughs> off the off, shoe. Off, off the shoe. I can't remember who tweeted it out, but I think I retweeted it. It was hilarious. Yeah, the the Bengals are done. They're they're done with Andy Dalton. I mean, they were done with him in the middle of the season. They they were so done with him. They went to Ryan freaking Finley, who right. couldn't play. Um, yeah, I, I'm interested to see where Dalton goes because I don't know. I think if you, if you got the right pieces around him, he could be somebody that you could potentially win with. If you have a really good defense, kind of right. like Derek Carr, like you could sell yourself on like, you know, somebody like a- Andy Dalton or Derek Carr being a potentially, uh, playoff quarterback. But at the same time, it's just, he's, he doesn't offer anything, any excitement outside of the pocket. And it's just, I don't know. I don't know where Dalton's career is going to go. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I We were talking a few weeks ago. We were joking about comparing quarterbacks to food items. Um, and I remember having this, a conversation similar to that a couple of years ago. And I think somebody compared Alex Smith, and I think this applies to Andy Dalton. They compared him to, like, tofu in the sense that, like, if you put him with something really tasty, like, hey, he's a lot better. If you put him with something that's not so tasty, it's kind of like, eh, what am I doing? And I feel like that's sort of Andy Dalton. When you put the right ingredients around him, yeah. that that he really is something like, man, that's really great. If you don't, he's not going to be the one that elevates the meal all by himself. That's a very that's a very good uh very good you point know, there. I don't know if anybody wants to be called tofu. I don't, I'm trying to think of what, what, what would go well. Like what goes well with tofu? Uh, like, I've had a good ramen dish with tofu. Yeah, you know yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if you like miso soup, you know that kind of stuff is cool. Um, yeah, but like tofu just on its own is kind of bleh. It's yeah, it's doesn't, just, doesn't really taste like much. No, it's, it's like uh, jelloey and yeah, it's not great. Yeah. It's not great. Um, Tevin Coleman, we saw him leave the NFC Championship game with what has been called a dislocated shoulder, uh, but there is hope that he could play in the Super Bowl. Of course, he's got a couple of weeks to try and get himself healthy and ready to go. Uh, look, if we are playing DFS on Super Bowl Sunday, which I know a lot of people will be, do you take a chance? If he's playing, would you maybe throw him in a lineup? We saw two weeks ago against the Vikings, it was Coleman and not Raheem Mostert that had the big day. Then obviously against the Packers, it was the Raheem Mostert show. I feel like his usage is kind of inconsistent, but when he's playing well, I mean, we have seen him really pop sometimes. Yeah, Coleman's had some just monster games this year, but because of the shoulder and, and because Mostert is playing so well, it, it'd be pretty hard for me to click Coleman into a lineup. And, and you know, Mostert just has such a high ceiling in this game because the Chiefs' run defense is just so abysmally bad. And right. and it just seems like Mostert's the perfect type of running back to expose them because he's so quick at the second level. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's going to be one to watch, definitely. And if nothing else, certainly for the Chiefs, it's something that they've got to pay attention to if Tevin Coleman is there because that's just another wrinkle for Kyle Shanahan to use. Uh, last bit of news, and I think this one's very interesting. One, for just a football fan and a fun standpoint. And two, it could potentially have some fantasy implications to it. This year at the Pro Bowl, the league is going to test some alternatives to the onside kick. Um, so here's the idea. 
and I'll just read it from uh, Kevin Patra's story uh, at Around the NFL. Uh, After a successful field goal or extra point try attempt, the scoring team will have options without a kickoff. The scoring team, call them Team A, will have the following options. One, Team A may elect to give Team B the ball at Team B's 25-yard line, beginning a new series of downs with first and 10. So basically what would be a touchback, essentially. Uh, Two, the second option, and this is where it gets interesting. Team A may elect to take the ball at its own 25-yard line for a fourth and 15 play. If Team A is successful in making a first down, Team A will maintain possession and a new series of downs will continue as normal. If Team A is unsuccessful in making a first down, the result will be a turnover on downs and Team B will take possession at the dead ball spot. That seems kind of interesting. Yeah. I sort of like that idea. Yeah. I mean, unless you're young way coup, uh, <laughs> kicks are impossible to, right? impossible to get in the NFL. I love this. I, I'm all in favor of this. Fourth and 15. Uh, is, I mean, to me, it's a fantastic down and distance. You're you're basically forcing the defense to uh, play a certain coverage, and you've got to find a way to beat it. It's I, I really like it. Yeah. I, I really like this. It could be a lot of fun. It could be a lot of fun, I think, especially because I know the, the big complaint this past year, the last couple of years, has been that if a team is down by multiple scores and they score a touchdown, it, it has taken a lot of the drama out of it mm-hmm. because it's nearly impossible to get an onside kick. Yeah, I I. I Look, I'm all in favor of the NFL. Pretty much anything would be better than the current onside kick rules because, like you mentioned, they're they're redundant. I mean, right. it's just like, why are we even doing this? Right. The opposing team is most likely going to get it. Um, on the same note, did you see the XFL's proposed two-point and three-point scoring? Yes, yeah, so the one, one point, two-point, and three-point. So, yeah, you get basically you kick the field goal from the one-yard line. That's an right. extra point. You get a typical two-point try from the two-yard line, but then there's a three-point try from, from the ten. 10. Yes. Which, to me, that, that extra eight yards in distance doesn't really make up the difference for one extra point. Well, is it? But see, I don't think it's a kick. I think you actually it's run a, a play. Yeah, it's not a kick. You run a play. You run exactly. a play. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, you're getting, you, what, from from the five to the ten is, is what, an extra point? Um, yeah. I don't know. I think it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting in the sense that at least – they're trying something new, right? They're yeah. trying to, and I think especially suddenly now, what at, at this point, that makes nine points a one possession game. Whereas yeah. in the NFL, a nine point game is still a two possession game. Even if you get a touchdown and two point conversion, you still need to get the ball back. This does sort of interest, you know, open things up. If you get a nine point lead or nine point deficit, you really are only one possession from tying things up. Right. Yeah. So the extra five yards is it's basically the extra five yards worth a point. Uh, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting. I, I. I'm curious. You know, look, I don't. I'm gonna be honest. I don't know if I'm gonna tune into the XFL each and every week, but I definitely will take a peek in and and see uh, what they're doing. I'm um, with you on that. So, if nothing else, I I still will love to peruse their rosters and be like, hey, I remember this guy. Yeah, I remember that guy. It, it's just fun to see these. You know, the AF last year they they got rid of the one point play. You could only right. go for two. Uh, now the XFL is saying no. We want to have three different. What have options. three? I mean, look, man. Uh, it's the old, the old joke. I think it was uh, with Bo Beckler against Ohio State, where they were like blowing them out, and somebody asked, you know, late in the game, why did you go for two up you know, with a big lead? And he's like, because the rules wouldn't let me go for three. Well, now, now you have that option. The rules will let you go for three. So there you go. Uh, it's something to be watched. We'll see what happens at the Pro Bowl though with this onside kick alternative and whether or not it makes it to uh, the regular season next year. So there you go. That is pretty much everything you need to know.
was the news. Joining us now is our good friend, friend of the program, genial fellow, all-around good guy, uh, and one of the most accurate fantasy analysts you will find on Twitter, on this planet, maybe anywhere. Uh, it's our good friend, Jake Seeley. Jake, man, what's going on? Uh, not too much. Yes, there was a lot of truth in there, except for the uh, probably the good guy part. I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, you are one of Canada's finest, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> nice callback to last year. Yeah. Yes. I mean, so, so obviously, you know, for those of you who don't know, and, and that would probably be most of you, uh, for some reason, I don't know why, I thought Jake was from Canada. And when we were uh, hanging out in Indianapolis last year, yeah. I think I made a reference to Canada, at which point Jake looked at me sideways and said, no, man, I'm from Virginia. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't under, I don't know where I came up with that, but, uh, you know, it's a good, it's a good story to tell now. So. It certainly is. Again, those but those people are really nice. So I don't know how you loop me in with them. I mean, maybe that's why. I mean, you are that's probably you're, it. Yeah, you're a generally happy go lucky fella. So you know, in there. person, there, in person. there it is. Um, all right, on to the fantasy football stuff because that's you know that's what we do here. Um, at this moment, as we speak here in mid to late January of 2020, who is your number one overall pick for 2020? Yeah, I'm going right back. Uh, Chris McCaffrey. It's kind of not much of a question in my mind after what happened last year because look at the gap. I mean, the gap between him and everybody else is at least six points if you're half-point PPR. Full-point PPR gets even more. Over 100 receptions to targets. You can throw out all these concerns of what is Rule going to do? What about Joe Brady? Although that should help the passing game. But what if that takes away from the run game? And we could throw out all these what ifs. I mean, nobody really knows what the Panthers are going to look like under Rule going forward if Cam Newton's coming back. But for McCaffrey to do what he did without Cam Newton for the entire year, for to be that offense, I just don't see how he's not the number one. I mean, a thousand receiving yards. Okay, so it down ticks to eight hundred he probably could increase in the run game because the run game, he still has more upside for that. So I think he's definitively the one, one. All right. Uh, I mean, look I, at this point last year, I was, I was seeing it mostly to stir the pot <laughs> and try and, and create it, conversation. Yeah. And yeah, it sort of, it. it sort of worked out. Okay. So if, if he is that far ahead and look, I was looking yesterday, Aaron Jones scored 19 touchdowns. It was still like 150 points cumulatively behind, yeah. behind Christian McCaffrey, <laughs> McCaffrey, right? also scored 19 touchdowns. Right. Um, okay. So then if that's the case, so then who, who is in the mix for your number two pick then? If, if, if number one is so clear cut for you, I think it comes down to two for me, for me, it comes down to Dalvin cook and Saquon Barkley. I think we might be able to throw Ezekiel into that conversation for his consistency. Obviously, we wanted to see more receptions this year after the year prior. And for all the people complaining that, oh, I took Zeke with the first pick, I can't believe it. You know what? Okay, he wasn't McCaffrey, but nobody was. He was still RB4 <laughs> on the season. You can't really complain about it. It wasn't the upside you had hoped for. So I think that depending on what that offense looks like with no Jason Garrett clapping in his face all the time, <laughs> that might change things, and you could put him in there. But Dalvin Cook was, you know, almost 20 points per game without the late run from Derrick Henry. He's right there with him. And then Barkley, I'm not going to – still, I have major questions about that offense. I have major questions about the offensive line. What is it going to be? Now there's you know, the clappers over there now. Uh, but I actually – I hate to say it. I like how the, the Giants are attacking this offseason. You always want a coach to bring in his guys. It's been a bunch of his guys. He worked with Kitchens, who's now rumored to be headed there as a positional coach. We still don't know the official word there, but – he worked with him in Mississippi State. You bring in Jason Garrett just to focus on the offense. I think Barkley healthy over a full season still has to be in the conversation. 
Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, everyone was pretty much, for the most part, I think everyone was pretty much on Barkley as the 101 last year. And McCaffrey, I'm sure a lot of people, you know, uh, have have regrets not taking McCaffrey <laughs> 101. But Jake, uh, last week we got into a discussion about Derrick Henry, and, and you mentioned, you know, Zeke and Barkley ranked ahead of him for you. Where do you have Henry in your pre- uh, preliminary ranks? Oh, this is such a tough one for me. And I have him as, uh, I think, off the top of my head, I think I have him around RB7 or 8. I wouldn't take him in the first round. My biggest issue is just that we all play half-point PPR, full-point PPR at this point, and there's still some non-PPRs out there, which is fine. You, uh, you, Marcus knows how much I loathe the full-point PPR, <laughs> so I don't mind that. And I will take him in the first round of non-point PPR. But you talk about the fact that 16 touchdowns, you, you concern yourself a little bit with a touchdown regression, even if not, the guy led the league in rushing. My biggest concern with Derrick Henry, and I know we don't like to – play the game of predicting injuries or anything like that. But we're trying to split hairs here. We're trying to figure out where the guy should rank. And when you have somebody that size who gets dinged up, missed a game this year, uh, missed a part of a game another time, just takes the pounding that he takes, all the touches that he had over 300 carries, I just have major concerns of him holding up through an entire season of that kind of workload again, assuming – Obviously, the Titans bring him back and maybe franchise him, whatever my case might be. But what if Tannehill's not back? And now we're back looking at a Marcus Mariota type offense. Not that Mariota's going to be the guy, but what if the offense takes a downtick? Yeah, so I, I love him, but I'd rather take him in the second round, which means I'm probably not getting him next year. Okay, well, you, you mentioned Ryan Tannehill, right? Because he really was the key that turned things around in that Tennessee offense this year. And we don't know yet what he's going to do. I mean, he's saying he's going to take a step back and, and try to think about some things. I would imagine the Titans will do whatever they can to try to keep him there. So let's just say for the sake of argument, Ryan Tannehill comes back to Tennessee next season. What are we doing with him? I mean, you know, he, he, he had such a great finish to the season, but at the same time, a lot of us look at him and say, yeah, but it's Ryan Tannehill. I mean, like, how are we approaching him next year? I think a lot of people are right in saying, yeah, but it's Ryan Tannehill because – I liken it to two different things. I compared him once to Nick Foles' amazing season and then another time to not quite that level, but the 2016 Matt Ryan season. And what I'm getting at here is the touchdown ratio was extremely high. And I just don't know that if you're asking – it's kind of the Lamar Jackson without the rushing. If you're telling me my quarterback's throwing for 200 yards, 180 yards, forget the playoffs. I'm not even talking about the 90-yard games. But 180, 200, 220, and like he's never getting to the 250 plus, never touching 300 plus. I I can't buy into a fantasy quarterback that does that. And, and where is the upside after that? Okay, the four rushing touchdowns. Those can you can argue a slight fluky. I don't want to say fluky because it's not a fluke that he made it in the end zone. But 185 rushing yards with four rushing touchdowns. I mean, you could talk about Kyler Murray, 500 yards with four rushing touchdowns. I'd rather take. Kyle Murray on the bet that he's going to rush for more touchdowns. So I'm staying away from him. I think the hype is going to kind of balloon through the roof after the next, you know, after what we just saw, if he is back similar to the Browns from last season. So I could see him creeping towards the top 15. And in that case, I'm just out. All right. Um, more quarterback questions, right? Because this, especially now, dynasty leagues, I know this is the time when a lot of them start to kick into full gear. You got people making deals, trying to figure out, you know, draft picks, this sort of thing. If you were starting a dynasty league and you're drafting, um, Patrick Mahomes or Kyler Murray, where are you going at quarterback? I feel like Lamar, I feel like saying Lamar is just too easy, right? So I, I threw Kyler oh, Murray. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Lamar is like 1 1. Yeah, of course. Now, uh, look, it's, it's Patrick Mahomes for me. 
and similar to the Christian McCaffrey thing, it, it's really not a conversation for me. And I know a lot of people out there will want to have it, but here's the simplest version of it I'll put out there is that Patrick Mahomes has already done it. Patrick Mahomes has already done it and uh, uh, blew away the field similar to the Lamar Jackson did to the field this year and then had a downturn, which a lot of people expected some regression. But even in his downturn, still averaged nearly three points more per game. So I will take the fact that Mahomes has already hit his floor and we're trying to hope for Kyler Murray's ceiling, but Patrick Mahomes has already done it and already hit his floor, in my opinion. Like I think we just saw the worst Patrick Mahomes season. I don't, I don't think it's going to get any worse than that. So I'm taking Mahomes, and I think a lot of people are going to be on Kyler Murray because they're thinking that he could eclipse and what he did rushing and hit Lamar Jackson level, and I don't quite see it. I think he's going to top out around the seven to eight hundred, like the Robert Griffin numbers. So if that was the worst season we've seen from Patrick Mahomes, it's pretty pretty damn good stuff, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, it was really only because of injury that he uh, had a little downturn in his production. Uh, real quick, going back to Kyler Murray. So just for redraft leagues uh, next year, Jake, like. I have a feeling Murray's going to be in the conversation where he's going to start sneaking into like the sixth, seventh round. Um, how how early are you going to be taking Murray in your leagues? Uh, that's too early for me, mostly because the biggest example we can give this year is look at where Mar Jackson was taken. Right. Look at where J- Jameis Winston and Dak Prescott were both taken. Josh Allen was in the twenties, so we see this every single year. And I'm not saying it's not a. I'm not saying it's stupid to draft Kyle Murray. If he falls to the seventh round, I'll definitely bite, especially if he's in the eighth. We did a way too early mock draft on the athletic, and he fell to the eighth round. I wow. thought that was crazy. I was I was ready to take him with the very next pick. I missed him by one pick. I probably should have taken him in the seventh, but I was taking Etienne, who's not even going to be there. So, uh, so I'm looking at it and say, you know what? If you want to take him, I understand you're going to have to take him in the fifth or sixth round, but just realize that we just saw this year you can find plenty of other options. Don't get caught up in the hype because similar to Baker Mayfield, you know, everybody wanted to take him as the fifth quarterback off the board this year. It's never a guarantee, and there's just so many options to turn to. I mean, I just feel like with Kyler, um, you know, because I've been saying it, I'm not the only one. A lot of people have been saying that he seems like in our hunt for the next breakout quarterback, right? I mean, you know, a couple of years ago, everybody who took Mahomes late was was on top of the world. Last or this past year, everybody who took Lamar Jackson late felt great about themselves. And I feel like Kyler Murray is going to be the next guy that everybody's going to be on. But because we're already talking about this in January, <laughs> that discount you hope to get on Kyler Murray is going to be gone. And I think that's if, if somehow we could all just you know decide as uniformly just shut up about it then maybe you still get that discount but i feel like that ship has already sailed at this point a hundred percent and some of the games towards the end of the season concern me a little bit and the fact that he looked to be making more poor decisions than he did at the beginning of the year and that's the opposite of what we want to see um you mentioned Jameis winston um is is okay so he had five thousand yards he was the passing leader he had 30 touchdowns that's great uh, he had 30 picks. Not great. Is he, but he was like, he was a top five fantasy quarterback. Is he an elite fantasy quarterback right now? <laughs> like, uh, am I Ron Bergen? Right. I mean, that's kind of, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yes. in the fact that if he keeps the job, so I think the biggest tell for us with the Buccaneers going into next year, obviously if they keep, we're assuming he's back with the Buccaneers. If they, I can't see how they pull in anybody worth a dang because their cast situation isn't the greatest. So if they go into next year with the same backup plans that they have, then yes, he is. Because the biggest thing about the Buccaneers this year is I'm sure there was plenty instances 
Heck, the five turnover, five interception game, mid-game, Bruce Arians probably wishes he had somebody to say, you know what, screw this, I'm going to somebody else and seeing <laughs> if they can do what they can do because I have Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, maybe I don't need Jameis Winston. I just don't think they have anybody else to turn to. So if the situation is exactly the same next year, yes, it is because he doesn't care, that being Jameis Winston. He's going to go throw the ball, which is what we want for fantasy, which is insane to think that depending on your league, he was three, four, or five in some places with 30 interceptions, as you just mentioned. So you have that with the hope that if he's brought back that Bruce Arians at least was to improve that a little bit, you drop him to 20 interceptions. He's number two, so uh, I think he is. I hate that. He's not elite. But he's elite <laughs> fantasy. So you're saying uh, Ryan Griffin and, and Blaine Gabbert are not suitable backups for, for James? <laughs> is that what you were trying to say, Jake? <laughs> uh, Ryan Griffin, the tight end, might be a better backup. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do want to th- – you know, we should start – since Joe Flacco, we know officially is no longer elite. <laughs> like we, we should replace him with oh, Jameis Winston. Wait, wait, wait! You want Jameis Winston and Joe Flacco on the same team? No, no, oh, no. Okay. I mean, just you know, like <laughs> since, since the since the is Joe Flacco elite conversation is essentially dead. Like we should replace that with with J, you know is Jameis Winston that, elite? That would be completely. I don't perfect, know if you could though. do that. Didn't you just see that Eli Manning came out with his elite beer and it's already sold out on pre-sale? Oh no, I did not see this. Wow. Yeah. So there you go. Wow. Um. <laughs> So this past year, and you talked about Baker Mayfield and how we all got really excited about Baker and what this Browns offense could be and you know, you know, Odell and Jarvis Landry and Nick Chubb and on and on and on. And for the most part, you know, aside from essentially Chubb, uh, that offense sort of went belly up this year. They have overhauled. You know, Freddie Kitchens is out. Uh, they're doing some new things there in Cleveland. Do we give the Browns a pass next season, and do we do we start to buy back? Maybe not at the levels we did this year, but do we start to buy back in, thinking that last year just was a bad situation, or what? So I'm going to say no, because you, myself, everybody similar to the Kyle Murray, is we're already talking about it. And so that's why I say no, is I would love to buy back in. I would love to take Baker Mayfield as a high-end QB, too, and get Odell Beckham as a discount and continue down the road here. But I have a feeling that we're not going to get the discount we need to take because let's be honest about this situation is we can be fans of Baker Mayfield. We can be fans of Odell Beckham and the talent. And obviously Jarvis Landry, we found out, was playing partly through an injury and everything looks fine for next year. But all that being said is, yes, Kitchens is gone. But is the situation better? I don't think we can say yes because let's talk about Stefanski with one year of calling plays. There's now in there and as of now – is considering not bringing an offensive coordinator in, they brought in Callahan as an offensive line coach, so I'm assuming he'll have input. But that more helps, you know, obviously the running game, and Callahan's experience there is run the damn ball. Uh, so I don't know that we can say yes, so I'm going to say no as of today. I would feel better if Stefanski was doing what the Giants are doing with Judge and bringing in a lot of minds to help him. So as of today, we're already talking about it. The hype is going to start building again because the hype was there from this year. I'm going to say no on the Browns and no pass from me. And I, I don't think we're going to get the discount we need to get. Um, are we worried at all about uh, Odell Beckham and this, this report of him having surgery on his core muscles? Does that worry you? I, not really. The, the biggest thing that worries me more with Odell Beckham, and I'm not going to put him in Antonio Brown's situation, but I mean, just the fact that it's nonstop with him, it's always something. And the injuries have piled up through his career already injury wise, but it's more just the frustrations and the stuff that happens at LSU and just like, it's always something going on with him. So unless I can get Odell Beckham as like a low end wide receiver to cost, 
I think I'm going to be out on him. I know he's still, look, he could turn out to be top 10 next year. He had the upside to be number one. A lot of people said that for this year, and it wouldn't have surprised me, but I just, I, I can't buy in at this point for what he's going to cost. I mean, the, uh, the, the videos from, from the championship game were wild, man. <laughs> I mean, he I, was all over the place that night. Yeah, he was, he was on, yeah. On uh, oh, man. Um, okay, so I want to do something fun with you, Jake, because, you know, when I'm on your pod, you usually have something fun for me to do. I wanted to kind of reciprocate that. Um, this week is the Pro Bowl. <laughs> um, now, as of last check, there are no places, I think, offering daily offerings for the Pro Bowl because yeah, there used to be. Um, I feel like yeah. that that just signals that you know maybe you need to just take a pause a little bit. Uh, also because the roster <laughs> also also because the rosters are sort of always in flux, uh, pretty much right up until kickoff for the Pro Bowl. So that probably has something to do with it. But uh, I wanted to get if you had to pick quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end, and you know Graham, you and I can jump in on this too, and we can each pick our, our own little four team rosters or four player rosters. Uh, where are you going for the Pro Bowl this week? Do you want to do like snake version? Because I don't want to take all the good picks and leave you guys. <laughs> sure, uh, we, can do, we can do snake, and we'll, we'll let you start it. Uh, then I'll take the easiest one. I'll take Lamar Jackson as quarterback because the quarterbacks are always hit or miss. And what are we going to get? Maybe ten, eleven, twelve attempts at the most, okay. and maybe one or two touchdowns. So the fact Lamar Jackson running—that's that, just where I'm going. I'm looking at the six quarterbacks. I think Lamar Jackson is the easy one for me. Okay. Uh, Graham, where, where, where would you go? Deshaun Watson's playing, right? Yes. I'll go with him because Mahomes see. certainly is not. That's, that's where I was going to go because it just feels like a game where Deshaun Watson you know, runs around and plays backyard football and, uh, and, you know, and throws up a few and that work out for him. All right. So since those guys are off the board, my quarterback will be hmm, – let's go Russell Wilson. Uh, we'll, take, we'll take Russ and uh, it will fill it out. All right. So does this mean I get to go back if we're snaking it? Um, yeah. All right. So if I, I'm looking at a running back, uh, I'm going to go Alvin Kamara. Um, no. Yeah, I'm going I'm going Kamara right here uh, at my running back spot. Uh, I, think, yeah, I think especially the way he finished the season and the fact that he was so frustrating, it's going to make people more angry that uh, that he decided to show up in the Pro Bowl and not during the, the regular season. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. that's going to happen. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Of course, Alvin Kamara scores two touchdowns in week 17, too. <laughs> no one's playing anymore. No one needs right. Uh, Graham, who, where are you going? Yeah, well, you just sniped me in our three-man Pro Bowl. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I'm very flustered. Uh, no, I'll go with Christian McCaffrey, though. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So uh, Kamara, McCaffrey off the board. Uh, Jake, where, where, where are you going? Oh, no. Graham, you need a new pick. Kamara replaced McCaffrey. Oh, yeah. You're oh. right. Oh, yep, yeah, you're out. Okay, so, so take two. <laughs> take two. We'll go with Zeke. Okay. All right, so Zeke's right. off the board. Well, so you took my pick, uh, and because the biggest thing is how many carries have we ever seen in the Pro Bowl? Like six. Like, <laughs> I was going for the receiver, and you took him. So I'll go. You guys are both on the NFC side, so I'll go to Nick Chubb. Hopefully, that you know, hey, he's in the Pro Bowl. They go back to passing to him, unlike once Kareem Hunt was activated. So I'll go Nick Chubb. All right. Okay. So then it's back to you, uh, wide receiver. So it would seem. Look, there's. I actually thought about this. This is the strategy behind it. Like it would seem the obvious pick would be like Michael Thomas. But uh, looking back at Pro Bowls, I can't believe I did Pro Bowl research on this. Wow, (laughs) you're a true professional, Jake Seeley. I know. Look, the bigger guys and the bigger touchdown guys that you would think often don't do. I don't know if they're just not running like at half speed or whatever it is, but it's more of the slot quicker guys like the Landrys of the world. So I'm gonna. I'm going to go with your Deshaun Watson. Hopefully that he matches up and picks up a lot with Keenan Allen. Ooh, okay. All right. That's interesting. Okay. Uh, Graham, who you at? 
Yeah, I, I kind of want to have some fun with this. So I'm going to go with DJ Chark just because I think he can take the top off of uh, the defense and, and get deep once here. Okay, I, I like that. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Kenny Galladay because I feel like um, I don't know. I feel like some of these guys, like a DJ Chark or a Kenny Galladay, like they they want to prove that they sort of belong. Yeah. With the rest of these guys, and extra so I think, motivation, right? And so I think this is like a showcase opportunity. So I'm going to go Kenny Galladay here. Um, Tight end's going to be rough, and so I'm glad I sort of get to go first here because of the way the snake worked out. Uh, this is completely <laughs> unintentional. But um, uh, let's see. I'm going to go uh, They're really because the, the, the two top tight ends in the game yeah. are off the board. <laughs> yeah. So I think I'm going to go Mark Andrews here because I just don't know where else I could possibly go yeah, uh, I was, at this point. I was thinking about Andrews. I'll go with Ertz uh, as my tight end. Uh. All right. Uh, that leaves slim pickings for you, sir. Uh, yeah, it does. At least me, Doyle or Hooper. You know what? Can, can I pivot since it's, it's the game made for me? I'm going to say, because this is always what happens, one of those dang-on fullbacks, so I'm going to say <laughs> C.J. Ham. Okay. I'm going to say C.J. Ham at my tight end position. All right. I'm, I, I'll allow that. All right. Anthony Sherman had, like, what, 70 yards last year or something ridiculous? It's always somebody random like that. Yeah, usually it is somebody random. Like I, I could honestly see CJ Ham like scoring like a touchdown and you know picking up like sixty yards somewhere randomly in this game. Is Kirk Cousins playing? Because Kirk Cousins loves Chuck. That's true. CJ Ham. That is true. I can see Kirk Cousins in the fourth quarter trying to lead a comeback, just like feeding CJ Ham. <laughs> oh look, look! You see, look, yeah, Graham's getting invested. You just created the narrative. Kirk Cousins playing. <laughs> Dalvin Cook might get the start, so Dalvin Cook will be out by the time Kirk Cousins is in. And there you go, CJ Ham. <laughs> oh man, does this mean we have a problem? Do, yes. we have, do we have a problem? Yeah. Wow. Uh, Jake, before I let you go, as, as we always do when you and I chat, what are you watching? Uh, is there anything, now that I have dad life, like I don't get to sit and just binge Netflix stuff quite as much anymore. So like, <laughs> tell me what I need to be watching on, on Netflix or who, you know, any, of these, any of these streaming services that, that you, you know, I've watched The Mandalorian, so you don't have to worry about that. But like, what else is out there? have so did you, because you're Star Wars, did you ever watch the Clone Wars cartoon? I never finished it. I got a good way through it. You need to finish it because they have a new season that's going to be on the plus this year. So you got to finish that. The other one is I'm getting into my binging next week. So I haven't started anything just yet. Okay. I, 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 I can't believe I'm about to admit this, but I actually got into that Dragon Prince cartoon. So, oh. uh, yeah, I, I, I somehow got sucked in and kept watching that after watching the first episode. But everybody keeps telling me you got to watch you. So that might be on my queue. Uh, I don't know that I can get myself into that. I don't know. Yeah, I've seen I've seen a little bit of it. It's I don't know. It's not for me. <laughs> yeah, oh, good. Save me the time. If all it's right. not good, then save me the time. Yeah, I don't know about all that. Uh, Jake, where where can all these fine folks? Not that the, if people are listening to this podcast, they probably know you. They know your work. But for the folks who don't, where can they find you? Yes, yeah, so over at the Athletic uh, Twitter at All In Kid, where tweet everything out. So the podcast, the, the athletic articles, everything that's over there. And it's fun time. Like you said, I'm about to hand out my awards for 2019. So it's always fun. I do. Here you go. I, that's what I've been playing is video games. I always do my video game awards version. Oh, okay. Uh, I also saw that your, your top 200, your way too early top 200 is out. Um, and also, are there going to be any more like cereal or fast food reviews coming from you soon? <laughs> Yeah, I'm working on them. I actually went to McDonald's for the first time in a decade, and I was like, "Is this? This doesn't look like the same McDonald's. I don't remember. It's all like nice, and there's screens and stuff like <laughs> McDonald's that." McDonald's are nice uh, now. They are nice. They're really nice. They're, most of them are updated and stuff. But Jake, you're a. Your, your cereal. Your cereal rankings last last year were, were truly. It was a truly appointment reading type thing. Oh please, everybody out there! It, it is a testament to the quality of, of my takes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Jake, man, we appreciate the time as always. Uh, if you don't follow him at Twitter, as he mentioned on All In Kid or on Twitter at All In Kid, I can speak the English. Uh, then go do that. It, uh, it's always worth your time. Jake, appreciate it, man. Uh, we will talk soon. Be good. Thank you. Thanks to Jake Seeley for his time. Appreciate talking to him. Always a good guy to chat with. Uh, read him when and where you can. Also, check out his podcast, too. Uh, it is a very fun podcast. So, there you go. That is it. We are done. We appreciate you downloading and listening. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, if a cluttered desk is the sign of a cluttered mind, then an empty desk is the sign of what? We'll see you on Monday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com dot com slash compatibility.